Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Morning, family. It's a good day. I have a word for you this morning. I have a word. I have a word. The Lord has a word for you this morning. As far as a, a title, I would say the overwhelming love of God would be the title for this. That's what, even in that song, the overwhelming love of God. And in the song, it says, when I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. When I felt no worth. And we're going to hear about a woman today that felt no worth. But what God did in her and then through her. Because it's so often we don't, we think, well, that's for somebody else. But you're going to be touched today. I want you to tell someone you're sitting by, tell them you are important to God. Tell them. Whoever's sitting there by you, you just tell them. You are important to God. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, breathe on these words. Touch every heart today. Change us, Lord. Draw us closer to you. Oh, reveal Christ to our hearts. Lord, we're here to hear from you. Oh, an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts and lives today. And I pray, Lord, we will be changed never to be the same because of your presence and your word. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to look at John chapter 4. And we're going to be going through some scriptures. Some scriptures I'm going to stop and rest on. And others I'm just going to go right on through. This is a time Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Although Jesus himself didn't baptize him, the disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Jesus is on the road walking again, walking. And eventually, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. I want to emphasize two things here. Jesus was tired. He was weary. When you get tired, when you get weary, which, which just can be discouraging, Jesus understands. There he was, wearily, just sitting there, which speaks of his humanity. We need to understand that at times. And I don't know a better scripture than this one describing him, wearily, sitting there about noontime. Verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. I'm going to stop right there. Right in the beginning of verse 7. I'm stopping right there. A Samaritan woman came to draw water at noon. In their culture and in the day, women drew water in the morning. They got together, 5, 10, 15, 20 of them. And that was a woman. Off they'd go to get the water. And really, they enjoyed it. They could visit They could air their complaints, whatever. And they went together. 
to draw water out of the well because they didn't have the faucets like we do. So they had to go to the well. And so they would do that, and they would do it in the morning. Of course, return to their homes. And we see this Samaritan woman came to draw water, but we know from the previous verse, it was noontime. It was the middle of the day. It's hot. No one goes and gets water in the middle of the day. What's Jesus doing there in the middle of the day? He knows. Oh, it's hot this time of the day. He should have been over under a tree maybe. But there is Jesus. And we have a Samaritan woman coming. So to understand a little of her background, why is she there at noon? Why isn't she with all the women? What is she doing? That's silly. We understand why she's there. Because in that traditions, a woman of her repute is absolutely an outcast. She had no one. She didn't have another woman that would walk with her. And do you know, I understand from working with the gypsies from that culture. We're talking about culture right now. From the gypsy culture with those women. In fact, I, you know, one Sunday when we were in Arizona, we worked with them when we were in Arizona. How with the men, me with the women. That's how they do it. The, the Bible studies, women with the women, men with the women. It's not, not the same as here. And sometimes I think in reading the word of God, we can miss some of the things that are being said because of the culture. And so with the gypsy women, you know, if somebody did something wrong, they would, they would tell everyone. Do you know what she did? And they'd all talk about it. They'd all be just talking and talking. In fact, I remember one woman at one time on a Sunday morning, we were there housed on the sound service for the gypsies because they like to get it a little too loud. And the pastor asked how, when we were doing those services with them, to watch the whole system that they couldn't get near it. <laughs> pastor was wise, very wise. And Hal was working on that. And we came to the end of the service, the gypsy pastor, they had a gypsy pastor, he had been speaking. And he was speaking in English. He wasn't speaking in, in their given tongue, but he was speaking in English. And asked anybody that needed prayer, come, come up to the altar. We sang that last week, come to the altar. And so here is this one gypsy woman with about five other gypsies around her, and she is sobbing. She is crying so hard. And of course, I'm up there to work with the women. And so here they come. And it was such an eye-opener to me, because as they're surrounding her, they're saying, Carol, Carol, you got to talk to her. She's been sinning. She's been sinning bad, and she's now, you tell her, she could go to hell. And I'm going, what, 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 what? You know, but that's how, that's, they mean it. They're either hot or they're cold, but they don't know lukewarm. They don't know that, mm -mm. one way or the other. So, of course, I spoke to the woman, and she explained to me that, that she had read some poems, but she said, I really wasn't reading them. She said, I was pretending, Carol, because my husband was out of town, and I didn't want anyone to know I didn't have money because it would be embarrassing in our culture. So I did that to have a little money to feed my kids. And of course, I held her and hugged her. She was sobbing and said, the Lord understands. He's not mad at you. And she, I can remember her saying, he's not? I said, no. And the other women are, yes, are also looking, saying, he's not? You see, they're mad. 
And they're going, like, he's not? Why? I said, because he's good, and he's loving, and he forgives. He forgives. And you need to learn to forgive. And so they're all in shock over that ministry to that woman. But out of that, I can understand the Samaritan woman because of a previous experience that I had, that the women weren't going to spend time with her. I mean, she, they didn't want any time. And so here it is noontime. And what does Jesus say to her? Please give me a drink. <laughs> he was alone at the time. His disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. So you have the Samaritan woman and you have Jesus. <laughs> Verse 9, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with a Samaritan. Not a, not a. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? This was a real situation. She was asking him. And <laughs> to understand that, according to Jewish tradition, it was forbidden for a Jew to talk to a Samaritan woman or ever, ever, ever be alone with one. They were forbidden from drinking anything that was even used by a Samaritan. And I'm thinking, with my sense of humor, I'm thinking, Father, in John 8, it says that Jesus doesn't do anything except what you want him to do. And he doesn't say anything except what you want him to say. And so, Father, um, this is something, Father. Uh, Jesus is not supposed to be alone with this woman. Oh, my gosh. Jesus, he's not supposed to ask her for a drink. Oh, that's forbidden. That's forbidden. Oh, my goodness. And she says, Samaritans. Jews have nothing to do with Samaritan, nothing to do with that culture. Well, I thought they must have really discussed this one out, or Jesus was just sitting there with, I don't know, just kind of a look on his face like, whoops. Traditions, Jewish traditions wanted to not have that opportunity for that woman. In fact, it's interesting, in the next chapter, chapter 5, it talks about when Jesus went to the, where the man was um, at Bethesda, where the man had laid for 38 years, crippled. Jesus goes there, heals him, tells him, take up your bed and go. The man does it. Everybody's shouting, clapping, and here come those Jews, those Jewish leaders. You read the scriptures there, and they say, we can't have that. That's, that's an English translation for me. We can't have that happening. We got to get rid of that guy. Yep, we're going to kill him. That's what we're going to do. So you see, that again was a tradition, and they were going to kill him. What is the point you're making, Carol? I'm telling you, traditions will kill your faith. If you allow traditions of men to run your life or traditions of men to tell you what to do, you will lose your faith. That's a word for someone here today, that you can begin to doubt God. But the importance of understanding some of these scriptures. So now here is Jesus replying in verse 10. Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who was speaking to you, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Yeah. Now, listen to this. But sir, she's very polite, you don't have a rope or a bucket. Yeah. You have a problem. And I think that's funny. 
Jesus, what are you doing at the well without a rope or a bucket to draw water? But of course we know Jesus knew exactly what was going on. So she, she's saying, this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling stream within them, giving them eternal life. Oh, what does she say? Oh, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. She was thinking, this would solve my embarrassment. I wouldn't have to do this. I wouldn't have to keep coming to this place. So she was just really excited. Yes, just give me some of that water. I'll drink that water. She was ready to receive right then. But Jesus is saying, oh, you're right. Um, he says, go and get your husband, he told her. Oops, Jesus is going to the root of something. And in our lives, Jesus wants to go to the root. Sometimes we just let him deal with the surface thing. Jesus is going to the root, and he says, go and get your husband. Oh, she said, I don't have a husband. The woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five Husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. So here she is, like, I just thought I was going to get that water, and now to be over it. Now he's reading my mail. <laughs> so what, is, what does she do? What does this woman do? She changes the subject. Yes, it's in the Word. Yes, this is real life. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me. What is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. Hmm. But the time is coming, Jesus said. Indeed, it's here right now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father's looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So here he's told her about her life. Hey, you've been married a few times. Now he's talking to her about worship. The woman says to him, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. He marched right in on that, didn't he? Watch this. I mean, practice this. One-on-one, how to witness. Ah, get him. So now, verse 27, just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? They're shocked. These are Jews, and they're shocked. And I can just see them like, blah, 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 blah. that's a woman. He's by himself, it's a woman. 
Nashville. What was happening? Jesus again, going against traditions. Oops. I thought, oh boy. Boy, you're going to have a lot more people running after you, Jesus, to kill you. Oh, this is something, what Jesus is doing. Very amazing. (laughs) But what happened? That woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to go to see him. And this is interesting to me. She left her water pot. She needed that water. That was her substance. She had to have that. That's why she would walk that day after day, which caused humiliation and depression and and a feeling of no worth, no worth whatsoever. That's why I think about in the song, you know, the restless, about that, in the, the words in that song about being, he's just after us. He loves us. His heart is for his people. He never gives up on it. He goes after them. He goes after that one that's missing. And you see it. Now what has happened with her? So she's gone there to talk to them. And then we look at verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. This is a phenomenal story because the principles here in this story are so awesome that God would choose one woman One woman, a woman that had no reputation, had no value, had no worth, had done everything wrong, that he chose that woman. But I believe he chose her because he knew that she was going to get hold of something. She got hold of it. And what did she do? She went and told people. And you know, people, when God has delivered us out of something, we're going to go and tell someone. We're not going to be quiet. We're going to be on fire for the Lord as she was. She was determined and going to her own people, to the Samaritans. And you think how that even happened, but God used her. He knew, you watch the steps in this, how this happened. And so the the word tells us many from the village believed in him. And they asked him to stay longer. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we've heard him ourselves. But then what was the second thing? Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. They didn't just hear it and believe it. Many people are believers. I was a believer. I grew up a believer. I went to church. I went to uh, church school. I was a believer, a believer, a believer, a believer. At age 39, I was still a believer. But I was so far away of God, from God and deceived yeah. because I had done the ritualistic things, yeah. thinking, well, if you believe, that's it. Yeah. So I was a believer. But I love what they say here. Now we believe, but then what was the next? Now we know that he yeah. indeed is a Savior. You move from believing to knowing, but you yeah. don't move into knowing until you've had an encounter. 
until you know that you know, because there is where your salvation rests on. Many will march right into hell because they believed. They believed. They went to church. They believed. Nice people. Good people. Certainly not like that Samaritan woman. Oh, my goodness, no. Nice families, good families, healthy families. But that's the key in our lives, family. Do you know him? Do you know him? And if we know him, if we say we know him, then we need to be about our Father's business, which means we need to be led by the Holy Spirit as Jesus was. Jesus ended up at this position because he was being a sent one. God had sent him. They were in that unity. Jesus was led of the Holy Spirit. And that unity with the Father, according to the will of his Father, coming and going and choosing this. And I think out of this, how that went into that Samaritan village. And I think, what happened to those people? What happened when other Jews said, have you heard those terrible Samaritans? Do you believe that? No, there's this crazy guy going around. And somehow they listened to him and, oh, my goodness, they think Christ is with them and, oh, You can imagine, rabbit trail it out. And sometimes, family, we need to do that. We need to do that with our own lives. We need to say, what do you believe, Carol? What are you thinking about, Carol? Why are you saying that, Carol? Why did you discourage him? That's not the traits of our Father. It's not what Jesus did. We're to love all. We're not to fault find. We're not to do that. Who among you is going to cast that first stone? We're not to do that, family. God is calling for a people, black, white, yellow, whatever, gypsy, that would come to him. In fact, when I worked with those gypsy women, eventually we had come back to Tacoma, and a pastor there, it's called the Champion Church, he asked us to go and visit, and out of that visit, I was asked to work with the gypsy women, and that was interesting. You've got gypsy women that don't read. They don't read. They speak English. They don't read. And I'm saying to the Lord, this is going to be fun, really fun. And it was. It was delightful. I enjoyed every moment I had with those women. And typical to the thoughts even in here where the women distanced themselves these gypsies would do the same thing. They'd come to class, and one of the women would say, Carol, you go tell her she's a been a sinner. She's bad. She did this. She did that. And the other woman goes, yeah, she's not being good, Carol. You got to talk to her. And here they were bringing memories of Arizona back to my spirit. These delightful women that were bad or good, but not lukewarm, but working with them, working with them. I remember trying to teach him about forgiveness. <laughs> One was especially like, no, when I, when I don't forgive, I don't do it. Now, we have to do it because in our culture, you, you, yeah, you have to do it, but not now. It was always not now, not today. And I said, well, I'm going to teach you. You need to do it today. And so that the, just working with them in their culture, they couldn't read the Bible. Just working, being one-on-one with them, loving them appreciating them, teaching them little songs. And they would like the little songs. I don't even remember all the and taught because, but they would just, okay, let's sing. Or I'd say, let's just praise the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. 
these gals were going to church and these gals could praise. Oh my goodness. One night, in fact, in that classroom, the classroom door opened, and of course I was facing that way, and I noticed the door open, and the women were all praising, and the beautiful presence of the Lord, and that door opened, and one of the gypsy men opened the door and was looking in. He wasn't standing up, he was bent over, looking in, like, what's going on? Well, you see, anything that goes on in the gypsy camp, everybody knows it. And they had been telling him how much fun they were having. Well, there he was. He took about one, one and a half steps to come into the room, and he was out under the power of God. And one of the gypsy women turned and she said, I told him not to come. <laughs> Do you love it? Yeah. That's life. I've lived it. It's joyful life. It's a wonderful life. You never know what God's going to do. You never know where he's going to send you. You never know circumstances in your life. Never, 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 never. And it's okay. It's okay to walk by faith. It's okay to trust him. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to think, what are you doing, Lord, when you don't know what he's doing? It's okay. And this text to me gave me that... uh, I call like a little curveball when I saw the Lord was coming at traditions. I hadn't seen that to begin with. But then God just showed that to me. Carol, this is about traditions. I don't want traditions in my family. Man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. His mouth, his love, his compassion, his forgiveness. And there's none that he turns his back on. They may walk away but he will never turn his back on anyone. And he allows them to turn away, and we know that. There was a time in the Bible when he was talking to his many thousands about the cost of following him. Many left. They don't hold it, hold it, hold it. No, I like my life this way. I live right here. I don't go over there. This is how I live. And I go to the store, and I do this, and this is what I do, and this is what I do. And we have got to get so real with God and say, God, I want your presence more than anything. I want to know you. I want an encounter. I want that relationship where I know the Holy Spirit's in my life. He's guiding me. He's leading me. He cares about me. I want that in my life. Is that your prayer today? There's a scripture actually in Romans 5. We know how much God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. That's how much he loves us. He's saying, I'll fill your hearts with my love. You'll have a love that's beyond anything that you'll imagine, and I believe that because of the cultures I've worked and being with people that are different than me, but loving them. Steve and Jane have been in Hispanic community. They understand what I'm saying. Loving him. Earl and Leanne have been with other cultures. Loving him. Not going in and say, well, you probably shouldn't do this. And women, you, 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 you and the men, you should all sit together and let's all get together. No, it's not like that. The Lord. The Lord will work if you let him. The Holy Spirit, if you let him consume your life. Be as a consuming fire to burn out the things that are not of the Lord and let him love you. And you have to be still to let God love you. You have to just sit down and say, Lord, 
I'm just going to receive your love today. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter if you've been washing floors. Just sit down. Just say, here, Lord, I want to sit with you. I want to spend some time with you. I need your love. I want to love others like you do. I want to understand. I want to see you working. I want to be part of it. We're created to touch other people. And there's nothing more exciting. I can tell you, I had so many stories, you guys, that it's, it's like I can just stand up here and just encourage, encourage, encourage. But you've got your own walks. But one thing I know, it takes passion for his present. It takes passion for him. More than any person, more than any job, more than anything, he has to be number one. And when he is, that joy will bubble up. That river of life, that water will bubble up. And you'll have patience and kindness and mercy and love. And you'll forgive. You won't hold on to things. You'll be set free through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Today I'm inviting you. That's you. You may be a believer. (laughs) You may be a, a Christian that knows the Lord. But no matter. I'm just praying. Lord, I pray for everyone here today. Lord, the word that you gave me. Lord, that you hid in my heart. Go tell them, Carol. Go tell them. And Lord, I thank you for the honor. I think of one woman. Lord, you touched that Samaritan woman. And she went and talked to the men. And that was against the culture, too. God, everything. He was so far out. And yet she was so close to you, Lord. And I thank you for everyone that's here. And your heart, Lord, this, this love, of this, this absolutely love from our beloved is for each one. And Lord, if there's one here today that hasn't received you as Savior, I pray that, that today they would make that decision. They would say, yes, I want to know him. I invite you all to stand. We're going to sing here. We're going to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. I just invite you to stand. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 